You're listening to The Ron and Don Show. New episodes on Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday in your favorite podcast app. Hey, you guys. What's going on? It's uh, episode number 95 of The Ron and Don Show. He's Ron, live from the shores of South Lake Union. I'm Don, live from the shores. Do we have shores here on Queen Anne? Somewhere. Maybe we do. Anyway, we're social distancing. Why wouldn't we be? This is episode 95. Don't forget, if you want to get signed up for the Ron and Don newsletter, just go to ronanddon.com and shows drop every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I do like hey, that coming you up added a little- the entire car lift in the background from Les Schwab to just be, to <laughs> really took the Les Schwab studios, literally. You got like a brake rotator back there and a tire changing machine and a lift. Good for you. That's right. Anyway, hey, coming up a little bit later, uh, Ron and I used to work at a radio station in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and we had a program director there by the name of Darren, and Darren just passed away as a result of COVID-19, and I was not a very kind person to Darren, uh, so I want to talk about that a little bit later uh, before we get out of here. So, uh, Ron, where do you want to start? What is going on? Well, I think we should start with the governor's announcement. He he had a uh, made-for-TV event last night at 5 p.m. where he wants to talk about easing restrictions. This is going to be rocky. I just think there's not a way, there's not a path uh, to make this go smoothly. And here's why, because not 10 minutes after he was done, and we'll talk about the restrictions easing in a second, the uh, sheriff from Snohomish County said, oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to obey. So let's do part one first and then part two. So the first part, the governor is saying, I'm going to ease some restrictions. And it's hard to not read this as which lobby has the most power with the governor. Because in, uh, right out of the gate, it is um, elective surgeries, the construction lobby, uh, and one other one that I'm looking for right now uh, so are, are the three categories that they're going to ease out of the gate. And so that, I think, is kind of shows you who is, you know, has the power with the governor's ear. Um, and immediately after that, the Snohomish County Sheriff, Adam Fortney, who's recently the sheriff, this is his first term, I believe, he said, Screw that. I'm not going to obey these new things. The people of Snohomish County, he says, this violates their Second Amendment right, or they're not their Second Amendment, their right to the uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And he's like, from the Declaration of Independence, he's like, they deserve in Snohomish County to go out and provide for their families. Uh, and so while he's not invoking the Constitution, he's invoking the Declaration of Independence, and he's just saying, I'm not going to obey. He goes, if someone calls 911 because they are not social distancing or they are not obeying what the governor said is deeming essential or non-essential, I don't care. Like, support your family, do your thing, make your money. So this is not going to be, um, this is not going to be a smooth transition into business as usual. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why people are uncomfortable sometimes with electing a sheriff because you see this happening now with governors, right, as they line up. Uh, you see this happening even with the president. Uh, Joe Biden, let me ask you this. What does Joe Biden think about what's happening right now? I have, uh, no, clue. I, I have no clue. And the reason I have no clue is because nobody's talking about Joe Biden. Everything is pivoted now. Everything is pivoted. 
And this is now politics. This is politics for the president. This is politics for Joe Biden. This is politics for these governors that have lined up. When you look at Gavin Newsom and you look at the governor Inslee and you also look at the governor of Oregon, it's like, hey, here we are. We're three Democrats and we're going to line up. Then you look on the other coast, on the East Coast, same thing happening with Democrats that are governors. And guess what? Guess why Hillary Clinton lost the election? Because everybody lined up on the left coast and the right coast, and they loved her. But when you got in the interior of the country, it was different, and they voted for Trump. And because of the Electoral College, that changed everything. This is absolutely political now, and, and I wish yes. that it Thank wasn't. You. It is hard to it's hard for me to stomach, and my my natural inclination is to just ignore it because it's so off putting to me when you have people's lives literally and figuratively on the line. Uh, to like now, the big debate is like, oh, Joe Biden needs to jump on the fact that Donald Trump's going to get his name on the stimulus checks that he's sending out when George Bush didn't have his name when they sent out stimulus checks it's like really like that's that's where we wanted to go to have uh you know biden do that i still feel like it's a long way away even though politically i know it's not a long way away election day i'm talking about um like i have no interest in hearing those two bicker about a response time I mean, it's even difficult for me now to watch Stephen Colbert, who I really like and think he's a smart writer, because everything is just a takedown piece uh, of the politicization of of COVID. And I think that's just hard to to stomach when you see people on the front lines that are really battling this and business owners and, you know, whether or not you have it, um, grappling with how it impacts everybody is is serious business. So... uh, Granted that, I mean, they're in a tough spot, people that are comedians trying to find some angle to do their show. But you're right when you talk about, you know, people grabbing onto whatever bumper sticker slogan they want and attaching it to COVID. It's it's very difficult. I, I you, you watch the press conferences from the White House. You watch the press conferences from the governor's office. And the politics now is getting blended in uh, to this virus. And that's why it's different than, you know, the way other countries can respond. Hang on. So let's do this in real time. Uh, Ron and I were just uh, taping. And all of a sudden, Governor Jay Inslee had something to say. He just had a press conference. So let's break in with that press conference. And do you feel like, Ron, he was being political? Or do you feel like he was saying the right stuff to the state of Washington? I do not, and let's come back and talk about that. I will say this. I do not like being called a Washingtonian. What is that? A Washingtonian. I'm not a Washingtonian, are you? We'll find out on the other side of this, the Ron and Don Show. Only at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, now a word from Les Schwab. Uh, Right now, quote, we're taking serious steps to help protect the health of our customers, our employees, and our communities. Based on guidance from the CDC and the World Health Organization, we have increased our cleaning and disinfecting efforts in every store. And we have temporarily shut down our popcorn machines and coffee service as an extra precaution. For those who have to keep moving in order to support our communities or to get the support that they need, we are committed to staying open as long as we can and as long as it aligns with the guidance from local health officials, like so many. There's so many businesses. We continually are monitoring the situation 
and we're evaluating how best to support and protect our employees and our communities. So don't forget, you guys. Les Schwab, they've been in the community for a long time, since 1952. And I can tell you, in being one of their spokesmen for the last 12 years, this is where Les Schwab really leans in and they really help. So if you're listening to this and you're out in a delivery truck right now, or if you're out in a semi, an 18, whatever it is, there is a Les Schwab near you. So make sure you pick up the phone, you give them a call or find one just right on your smart device at leschwab.com. That's leschwab.com. Doing the right thing. You know it matters. When you're ready to sit down with the guys, just reach out by email, ron at windermere.com. Hey, you guys. Welcome back. It's the Ron and Don Show, episode number 95. We're live from the West Leschwab Studios. Ron, talk a little bit about what just happened. We were taping this show, this podcast, and then the governor broke in, right? And we had just been talking about the president, governors, politics. Are they all pivoting towards politics when it comes to making good, sound decisions for their state? What did you hear and what did you think? I heard both of those things at the same time. And I'll give you the biggest example for me is someone asked a question, one of the media members, of like, how can elective surgery be essential and hair salons not be essential? Hmm. And that's a valid question because elective surgery involves bodily fluids that a haircut does not typically. And so one of those is more risky than the other. You would think it would be elective surgeries. And you could say to hairstylists, wear a mask, wear surgical gloves. You can still perform a haircut while wearing those devices. The same thing that a surgeon or a surgical assistant would wear. You could just say, hey, wear PPE, protective equipment, if you give a haircut. So clearly there's politics going on here. Who's got more money, the uh, surgery and medical lobby or the hairstylist lobby? Probably the surgical and medical lobby. And so that's clearly a political move. When you are saying the other question that was asked of the governor, why can Taylor Construction uh, go on to a job site where they're building a 30-story condo building, but Don of the Ronadon Construction can't go renovate a kitchen I can't. on Queen Anne Mountain. How does that make any sense? I have teams right now. I've lost my Airbnb business. So what I have to do with my Airbnb business is take some of these homes, either sell them or long-term rent. And legally, I can't even have someone come in and work on these properties because it's like, you know what? Real estate right now in Seattle is actually doing very well. Maybe I want to take this property and sell it, but in order to sell it, I got to make it frontline ready. In order to make it frontline ready, I have to bring uh, some contractors in. We're not allowed to do that. We're not allowed to do that. That's crazy. And, and so do you strike that as political? That has to be political. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, but having said all of that, politicians are going to politic. I do think in terms of the governor taking the science seriously, I think that he is. I think that if you lined up 25 politicians and said, here are 10 scientific studies, explain these to me, that I think that Jay Inslee could digest that material. I think he could synthesize it. And I think that he understands the moving pieces of those studies. You can't say that for every politician. Like, I don't believe that for uh, a, a lot of other politicians where it's like 
A, I don't think you understand the science. I don't think you care about the science. And from what you've said, I don't think you believe in the science. So I, I think that Jay Inslee at least believes in the science. He knows how to read the science, and he tries his best to communicate it. At the same time, he cannot change his stripes. He is clearly being influenced politically in all of this. And that doesn't change. The, the virus doesn't care what if an R or a D is after your name, though. It just wants to infect and replicate. And so all of this is moot if the virus has hit you or your family, and you mentioned at the top of the show, we have someone that we work with that just died of this. The virus didn't care whether or not he was essential. The virus didn't care whether what his politics were. The virus was looking for a host. It found one, and it took his life. Hmm. Yeah, we'll come back, talk about Darren here in a moment. Hmm. Before we do that, uh, it's this fall. In the fall, we like to get together and trick-or-treat. We like to get together for Thanksgiving. It's the holidays. We get on planes and we fly, and we fly, and we fly. That's when you love to fly all over the world, Ron. That's when you go during the holidays. Um, hotels are full. Airbnbs are full. Restaurants are full. It's festive. There's football in the air. Baseball's finishing up. We're headed toward a World Series. Kids are going back to school. What's this fall going to look like, Ron? What do you think as we head into 2020 this fall? What do we need to prepare ourselves for? I think you need to get really versant in how to do a Zoom call. Like, seriously. Like, the, this, I think, is going to cycle on and off. People are going to start to to really draw lines in the sand on which side they're on. The hard part about this, though, again, is if you and I are just on different sides of the spectrum on an issue, that doesn't have a whole lot of consequences. Like, uh, we could pick an issue like whatever, and then we debate that well, pick, vigorously. Pick one. Pick one. Like, we could pick Whatever's a, lazy. What, what it, do you mean? We could pick an issue like immigration, and you could say, well, I really think we should build a wall, and I could say, well, I don't think we could build a wall, and we could talk ourselves blue about that. It's not really going to have a huge impact in our lives or in our state. Mm -hmm. But in this thing, if you say, oh, we need to open up the society wide, wide open, and I say we don't, well, next thing you know, someone you know and love could catch a virus that's invisible that kills them. And you have an old folks home in Kirkland where, you know, over a dozen people died uh, because someone introduced that virus into a confined space. Oh, more than that, more than 37 people died. And so yeah. that is just a different, the consequences to this are much higher. And the thing that is difficult, I think, for people to grasp is that it's for someone else that you may not know. My carelessness could lead to the death of someone that I don't know. Your carelessness could lead to a death of someone that I don't know or that I do know. And so because of that, it's, it takes a level of abstraction that I think a lot of people are just, they, they yeah. are not willing to pay that price. So you're telling me I need to close my business to protect someone that I don't know. And the answer, I hope, is yes. You do need to close. Let me ask you a question. Side, side note. Side note. What do you think of my Zoom background right now? 
Your Zoom background is your regular background. No. No, it's not. I lit it up. I lit it up differently because we have a meeting tomorrow with all these Windermere agents, and these agents have been kicking my heart with their background. And so what I'm doing is I'm bringing the same background, but instead of having the fire, because I had a fire going on, a Zoom fire, now I have. Do you see the lights in the ceiling? See what I did up there? I do like the lights. See them? Yeah, I mean, it looks. How do you How do you feel about that? Looks very similar to the old background, which is more light. I don't know. I think you got you you got cool guitars in the background. So anytime you have cool guitars, you can't really counter that. And I'm trying to counter that with light. And then I have like this dead animal on the. I think you're doing good. All right. I'm I'm just excited that you can log on to Zoom and get your camera working. You 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 have to admit when it comes to your background, you're zooming. We're very judgmental, and we're looking at we're looking at the way that people live, and we're like, huh. I saw someone today who uh, was on a Zoom call with a CEO of a very large company here locally, uh, and their Zoom background was the uh, that tiger guy with a tiger and a giant rainbow. I love and that. So a Tiger Nation or whatever the <laughs> name of that show is called. Uh, it was very funny. Yeah. All right. It's the Ron and Don Show. See you on the other side of this. Hey, Ron and Don here for Les Schwab, and they sent us this message. The safety of the customers of Les Schwab and its employees is a top priority. We're committed to staying open to provide necessary services to our customers, particularly those we all rely on for essential services and who cannot self-isolate as long as we can and as long as it aligns with guidance from local health officials. We're taking serious steps to help protect the health of our customers, employees, and communities. Based on guidance from the CDC and the World Health Organization, We increased our cleaning and disinfecting efforts in every store and have temporarily shut down our popcorn machines in coffee service as an extra precaution. Anyone who's had an unexpected flat tire, brake trouble, or a dead battery knows why our customers depend on us to help ensure their vehicle is safe and reliable, even during these unusual times. We want to thank our store employees who remain dedicated to helping our community get where they need to go. For those of you who have to keep moving in order to support our communities or to get the support they need, we're committed to staying open as long as we can and as long as it aligns with the guidance from local health officials. Like so many other businesses, we're continually monitoring the situation and evaluating how best to support and protect our employees and communities. Thanks for listening, you guys. I realize it's not easy. Charlie the dog and I have to listen to these two jokers every day. All right, you guys, welcome back. It's the Ron and Don Show live from the Les Schwab Studios, and we are on Zoom right now, so that's why our voices probably sound a little crunchy. He's Ron, I'm Don. Thanks for being here. And uh, hey, Ron, a couple years ago, it's more than a couple years, hard to believe. It's 2003. You and I worked at a radio station called KLQ for nine months in Grand Rapids. Do you remember that? I do. WKLQ. Uh, yeah, I do remember that. I have fond memories of, of Michigan. I really liked the people of Michigan. I liked the sensibility of Michigan. I uh, did not like the winters in Michigan. I actually got stuck in my driveway one day just trying to back out. It was solid ice. And I was like, how can I get stuck in my own driveway? But yeah, I, uh, I owned a house in Michigan for many years. Yeah. And we just lost a colleague that we worked with in Michigan. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Uh, 
Can you kind of explain rock radio, active rock, morning shows, getting mad at the afternoon show, the midday show, creating all this kind of drama? It was kind of encouraged by managers to do this to do this on the air, right? And a, and a lot of it came from Opie and Anthony and Imus in the morning and Howard Stern. And we're going to have all these shows fight against each other. But when they fight against each other, people are really interested in that, and it creates great ratings, right? Yeah, they used to be this school of thought, and I, I, I don't know if it's still around as much as it was in the heyday, that it was all about getting people to listen to your station all day long. And so you wanted to have someone get in their car in the morning and listen to your station. When they got out, they would continue to listen to their station on their lunch break and then when they drove home. And so one of the lines or the theories was, let's have these uh, personalities that are all interacting with each other. And in the same way that being nice uh, online doesn't get you a lot of clicks, uh, having some drama it's kind of the invention of clickbait, in a sense, on the radio, is you'd have to have some sort of drama, some sort of friction, some sort of bad blood, some sort of gossip, and you would create these storylines and feuds between day parts. Most of the time, it was made up, and you'd still you know, be pals with someone off the air, and then you would manufacture these things together. But there were ones that were legitimate uh, beefs where you really didn't like the other person in the building because egos were big and tempers could flare. Yeah, so we were on the air in Grand Rapids and we were there first doing a morning show. They brought in a midday guy who's also the program director, which makes him our boss, and his name is Darren. And we got some brand new equipment at the radio station. Uh, and again, this is almost 20 years ago when we started on air. Uh, and what would happen with this equipment that we're all trying to figure out is every once in a while the equipment would break and there'd be dead air. Ron, can you explain uh, what dead air is? It's exactly what it sounds like. There's nothing coming out on the radio. Silence, which is sin number one. You always want there to be something coming out of the radio signal. But kind of explain Darren's job because when you're doing a morning show, your whole staff is in there. Afternoons, everyone's in there and they're active. But when you're doing another day part, a lot of times you're, you're not in the studio and you might even have another job at the radio station like Darren did. Yeah, well, Darren would set up, like let's say he was going to play six songs in a row. He would set those up in, the, in a computer and then he, and he'd go, okay, the, the computer countdown would say you have 18 minutes and 42 seconds before you have to do anything so he would set that up he'd hit play and then he'd walk down the hall to his office and try to get a couple other things done and then make it back in time to do his break but as you just said sometimes the software would have a glitch next thing you know there's silence and darren would have to run down the hallway uh, and burst through the door breathing hard and and try to rescue the segment so there was quite a bit of dead air on in darren's air shift yeah, and the other thing was, it was kind of encouraged when you're a morning show to beat up on the other day parts, and uh, and as a result of that, maybe we'll get some great ratings. So that's what we did in Grand Rapids, and we got great ratings, and we beat up on Darren. And I, and I can't speak for Ron, I did that on the air, and then I did that off the air. I was a bully. And I was horrible to him. 
Darren passed away this uh, week from COVID-19. He's my age. We were born the same year, 1967. Darren loved the radio. Loved it. Loved it. I thought I loved radio. I think he loved radio maybe more than I did. And somewhere along the line between he and I, it got personal. It was no longer on the air. It was off the air. And it was... um, I treated him horribly. A number of years ago, as I've shared with you, uh, I went on this journey of trying to correct some things in my life. And I reached out to almost 100 people, wrote them letters, cards. And Darren was one of those people. And I apologized to him uh, for how horribly I had treated him. And he was so gracious and kind. More gracious and kind than I had ever been to him. As we kind of go through this uh, period in our lives, this reset. I think there's an opportunity maybe to reach back in our past. Be careful doing that because that's not always the best decision either, but be careful. I talked to Darren in a number of years when I saw that he passed. Uh, I was so very sad. And at the same time, so very grateful that he and I had reconnected. And he had been so kind to me. So kind. In radio, we call that dead air. Makes you uncomfortable. But it's a tool we use to make a point. When I really want to make a point, I allow dead air. And I really wanted to make the point that Darren was a great broadcaster. He was a kind man. He's a good human. And we'll miss him. Again, as we go through this time, think about somebody. And it's okay, it's safe to reach out, send an email, a letter, make a phone call, Zoom call, maybe reach out. Because it's never too late until it's too late.
You keep your head up and your shoulders back. He's Ron. I'm Don. And we'll see you next time for episode 96. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, it's G-Force O'Neill. Thanks for listening to my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron. <laughs>